welcome to episode six of Auto Off Topic. I'm your host, Andrew. Joining me as always to help with hosting duties is Brad. Afternoon, Andrew. How you doing? Excellent. Yourself? Pretty good. Um, it's December. It's cold. It snowed Monday, it, finally. It snowed Monday, yeah. And they salted the roads. Evil. It's terrible. It's awful. So every old car that we have that's not going to be driven in the winter. That's not already rusty. I'm yeah, not worried is, about. is put away. So no more cool updates. Nope. On All driven put cars away. anyway. But um I don't know why they use so much salt around here cuz it was literally it snowed like a dusting and then was going to get warm. No, nah, the problem was it flash froze. Like my my dri- my driveway was an ice skating rink. I I, I went outside to, to do laundry. Um and I pretty much slid down. I didn't fall, but I slid down the driveway. So just you went outside to do laundry because you have to go. You have a bulkhead you go through to get in your basement. Yes, exactly. That's why. Yes. It's no not, inside access. It wasn't. To it wasn't. You had to go down the river and wash your. No. Against like a, a washboard. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I have a bulkhead, so I'm still. I'm in like 1925, not yeah. 1901 yeah. oh, or 1825. Um, I think it's big salt, man. Big salt conspiracy. Yeah, big salt. Yeah, big big salt looking on. Because I mean. I, 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 I do it's and I like, don't. It's not like salt is native here. You, you still have to truck it in. It's a big business, obviously. I mean, you see the big, you know, every town has the, you know, DPW yes. shed with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds of salt in it. And every year we hear about they blow through the salt budget by like... In the first couple of weeks. The first couple of weeks because yeah. they've used it all. Well, it's, it's a conspiracy not only from the salt company. and Okay, I'm not going to use the word conspiracy because I don't want to sound like a... <laughs> yeah. You know, conspiracy theorist here, but it's 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 big business all around because you have the salt company, and then you get the plow guys that make money being out there plowing and salting. So they want to work as is many fine. hours yeah. as they want, you as they cer- can. Certainly should plow, but salt is like right. But they're justifying their paycheck by using more. But there could be there's other parts of the country they don't use salt. They use like uh, like volcanic ash. Or like just straight yeah, I sand. Don't, I don't know what defines what gets used where. I know um, places that get a lot harsher of a winter than we do don't use salt as much. Like if you go way up north, there's a lot more. Sometimes they don't even have a bare pavement policy. They just don't. Yeah. Well, hard packed snow is less slippery than frozen asphalt. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean I I, it, I mean it's not good for the environment. It like seeps into groundwater. Yep. If you've got like a well. And you get salt in your well. You can have high yeah. salt in high your salt, salt content. You yeah, drink and water. then you're drinking water. Yeah, and then it hurts like fish and lakes and like wildlife, pets' feet when they're out walking. Yeah, and then it destroys infrastructure too because it will soak. You know, because concrete is porous, right? So it yeah, it soaks in and then it rots the rebar in like bridges and shit. And that's why around here, if you drive under a bridge. You can like, see it. You'll see it. You'll see crunk like. Well, it's a constant painting process around here on bridges. Yeah, too. and then it's just chunks of concrete have fallen off. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It it seems like it would be cheaper in the long run to use something else, or mandate a snow tire policy. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is the thing that we immediately notice is that it ruins your car, which is our most important part. Yeah. We don't care about the bridges and the streets. We but care even about the cars. even if you aren't into that, like really into cars, like your car doesn't last that long here, like. Cars that are more than 10 years old around here are not that common. No, they're really not. Especially, you know, the whole other story with com- current lease rates and things being well, so reasonable. Yeah, but, but even before that became a thing, 10-year-old cars here are junk. No, because you'd go to have your car fixed, 
at the mechanic and he'd be like, this is a fucking pile of shit. It's all rotted. And yep. you'd be like, all right, and I'll just get another car. Yeah, it's not worth spending any money on this car. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's a big salt conspiracy with automotive manufacturers to sell new cars. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. not. Maybe not. It's, Probably it's, not. It's, it's all big business, Probably and you can't not. say anything about it. Other You're going to find that. me in a salt pile. Everybody <laughs> wants to spend money somewhere and make money somehow, <laughs> and that's just that's how it gets done. But speaking of that, yeah, uh, your Montero is being undercoated right now. That's right. Yeah. Trying to protect it as best as it can. Yeah, we're trying a new product this year. I think we touched on it before. We did, because it, it lived in Colorado where they don't use road salt. Right. They use they yeah. the ash there or sand or both. Something like that, but um, it or the cheese byproduct, whatever it is. Something, well, yeah, it's Wisconsin because uh, oh, cheese. Yeah, cheese. But yeah, so it it survived for fairly long, and it only has slight surface rust. It doesn't have rot, so we're trying to preserve it. Yep. And uh, spraying some New Hampshire oil undercoating, which I'm sure we'll update you on next week and how it looks. Yeah, I'll put up some pictures because I think you got the we're gonna we got the, the tinted black. the tinted black. Yeah, so it's it. It'll probably look like an oily black paint. Probably like a wet POR 15 look, yeah. supposedly, but it's not paint. But I also kind of wanted that. I was curious to see where it, because it does eventually wear off and has to be re, uh, replaced. Yeah, they say every couple of years. So I'm curious to see where it wears. Just it anywhere it, the tire sprays. Yeah, it just makes the underside of the truck look nicer. So if I, if I, well, I, I am thinking about selling it in the spring, so it'll make it look nicer. And it is an added selling point that it's been undercoated. Yeah, it's been undercoated, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in good shape. So that's good. Um, oh, you also told me the other day. Uh, you drove a 10-second car. What was the story with I that? I rode in a 10-second car. You rode in a 10-second car. Okay. car. Yeah. Was it uh, a quarter mile at a time? It was not. It was not. Fr- friend of the podcast. Yeah. Um, Brad Anderson. Oh, so you rode in his Eclipse? Yes. Oh, DSM content. Yes. Um, it was fast. So he just put the transmission in it. Put the transmission in it with it, the welded center diff. Because it was... The car was completely built except for the transmission. Stock transmission. The stock transmission. Thousand mile plus stock transmission. And it had it finally broke hundreds of quarter mile passes on it. And we were talking the car ran I think ten seven. Yeah. Before it got thrown out of the track for not having a cage. Right. So the car was really fast. Yeah. But I'd never ridden in a car that was ten seven before or or ten second car before. I mean it was it's fast. It, It it completely reconfigures your brain as to what fast is. And 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 I I you know, again Listeners of the podcast know that I drive 40-year-old Dodge Colts with 75 horsepower. So going from the car I drove there in to his 10-second Eclipse was kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So somebody welded the center diff so it doesn't have the viscous anymore. Correct. So it's a solid so Correct. It's like 50-50 lock. You don't notice it driving around town. Hmm. Um Slow speeds, like okay. a hard right turn. If you come off, you know, put the foot in the clutch and coast, it's enough to stop the car. Hmm. But other than that, it's totally normal. Because the, the rear diff is still stock, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is a factory that was an LSD. Limited slip diff, yeah. Yeah, viscous type. And then the front, the stock was open. I think it's still open. It's still open. Yep. But I think he runs, does he even run drag slicks on that? No, he doesn't. Uh, there aren't there's street tires on it now. Street tires. Yeah. They still ran tens. Yeah, and it hooks. It's <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah, we'll it's, cool to, we'll it's to, a very very cool car. Yeah, we'll have to talk uh, DSMs with him one day. Yeah, it's a very cool car. And then he let me drive his Galant because I needed some Galant driving time. Oh yeah, Galant BR fours. Yep. So, um, oh yeah, we had we're gonna go to. Uh, well, let's talk about. We had a couple un- unanswered questions, and one of them was about. Uh, Galant VR4s, because we had kind of touched on the the question that gets asked all the time is how many are left, 
And we're like, well, if that person went to the forums, they could look it up and see. But so we did. So we did. And, you know, I'll start out. So the Glob VR4, if you don't know, it was a special edition model that was made. It was homologation. It was homologation special car that Mitsubishi built, I believe, from. It was the Glob that was built from 87 till 93. Okay. But the VR4s which were available outside of the United States uh, before that. 88. 88 through 93. But they were only available in the United States from 91 and 92. Correct. And they were brought in as special editions. And they were sold with numbered badges. But numbered badges that did not correspond to the factory to a VIN number. No, they don't. They were just, as they rolled into the port, the guys were probably just given badges in batches. Yep. And they were just Slap stuck, on the cars. stuck on the cars. So that kind of gives U.S. enthusiasts a way to track them a bit. And they are there is a loose registry on the form of where the cars are and who has what car. And also, when a car gets parted out, they do kind of retire the badge so they know where it so went. So you know it's junk. Um, and I'll get to part outs in a second. But So basically, when you look into Mitsubishi Caps, which is their parts program, which lists all of the VIN numbers for U.S. cars, mm-hmm. uh, it... There were 3,005. Which some were probably press cars. Yes. So yeah. and there, the model is an E39A. The, the chassis designation. The chassis, chassis designation. designation. Yep. So, and they think that they're, so there's a pretty good understanding that, that at least four of those didn't have badges, and they were probably pre-production cars, press cars, show cars. Yeah. Cars that came in early. Came in early, and then they got scrapped, or maybe they just ended up. It's quietly being sold off or something, or they were like an executive's car or something. Yeah, who knows? I know. I, they've, when, all, they've all since disappeared by now. Yeah, I know when I worked uh, for the Mitsu dealer and I had purchased my Glot VR4, the district rep came in and he was like all excited because he had had one in the when they were new as a loaner. Oh, like one from Mitsubishi. From Mitsubishi corporate. as a loaner That's cool. to drive because he would get new cars every now and then. So maybe his was one of the ones without a number plate. Did he remember if it had a number plate? I, or he didn't I think to ask him back then. I didn't then. think to ask him yeah. back then. But so there weren't that, there aren't that many cars to begin with. There's only 3,000. Yeah, 3,000 total. And they're only made from 91 to 92, or imported, rather. Yep. And it's, unfortunately, for a lot of years, they weren't worth a lot of money. And they just kind of got, and they were fast. It became the cheap speed car. And they were cheap. So, you know, like a 15 year old WRX now. Exactly. So, a lot of them got uh, ran real hard and put away wet. And now there's some pretty good conjectural evidence uh, from a lot of people on the forums and, and in the, the Glot VR4 community. So, not seen, by the way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's estimated, well, it's a pretty good estimate. That less than a thousand of these cars still exist. Correct. Whether they're on the road or in somebody's garage. In some in some aspect, they could they could be made roadworthy again, supposedly. That, that's what I'm that's yeah. that's my but and then some people even think that it could be less. There could be even like five hundred. I, I I'm betting the number's There's more. Probably than that. between five hundred and a yeah. thousand left. Well, I know there are four within two square miles of here. That's kinda which weird. Is kind of weird, yeah. That yeah, there's two down the street from my house that Aren't he's not on the not the registry? Yeah, yeah he's not on the registry. The guy's so. Yard, so it's too warm and there. I, I keep he has. I haven't. We should seen, just stop in some. I know. I haven't seen him in the yard. I keep meaning to. One day I did see him, but I was doing something else. I couldn't stop. So 
at some point I will stop and talk to him. Or even if you don't talk to him, I can just leave a note in the yeah, window. Yeah, exactly. Or leave one of my business cards in the window or something. You probably but what, do that. The other thing that's interesting, too, is there's some info on the Glot VR4. So my particular car, uh, it doesn't have a sunroof. You could either get them. They all came with leather seats. Right. And they only came in white, black, and green for 91. And then it was white, black, and Kensington gray for gray 92. Gray for 92, yep. So... Very limited colors, all the same interior, all the same trim with leather. The differences were some got fancier radios and yep. some got sunroofs. So mine got the equalizer radio because I looked this up when I worked at the dealer. I could look it up in caps and see what original radio it came with. I'm not sure which radio mine had. So mine came with that, and it didn't have a sunroof, and it was white. Which it is, mine is or white. Or it is white. Mine is also white without a sunroof. So so possibly yours is like mine, where it's one of ninety-three cars. No, it definitely is, considering it's the same car. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it depended well, on what equalizer it de- radio. It depended thing, on yeah. what radio it had. And it doesn't that, matter anymore, though, because both cars have long since lost their factory yeah. radios. So, and then what's interesting is mine had a factory black grill, and some of them had chrome grills. Mine has a chrome grill, whether it was factory yeah, or not. We, I couldn't we'd tell have you. to check the VIN. Yeah. But so, and then the other thing that happens too is these cars is. There's a lot of part outs. Like currently, if you go on the forums right now, there's four being parted out, which is sad. It's sad, but in the same vein, a part out helped me put mine back together because I needed a bunch of little random parts that were missing. Yeah, I guess, and mine wouldn't be together either without a nope. part out. So and yeah, and so and I have enough parts to build another one almost. So it's true. We just need to find another good chassis and we can put one together. But yeah. So anyway, that's that's the story with Glant VR4s. Oh, the other thing too is. They are not DSMs. No, because they're built in Japan. They're built in Japan. Yep. They There's share, no partnership they, with... They share the same Chrysler. front subframes. They share the same rear subframe and the engine. But uh, there's several differences, like math. DSM uh, being Diamond Star Motors, yes. the, the Mitsubishi Chrysler collaborative plant in Illinois. Yeah, so those were... So a DSM is a car, is a Eclipse Talon or Laser that was built in the normal Illinois plant. Correct. That is the definition of a DSM. It does not cover 3,000 GTs or Stealths. Those are not DSMs. It also does not cover Stratuses and nope. Galants nope. and other cars that eventually were built in that plant. Nope. Yeah. They're not DSMs. They might have nope. a DSM part number sticker on them somewhere, but it's not because nope. they're DSMs. They're nope. not part of that partnership. Nope. So that's that's a pet peeve that people Evos get also are not DSMs. They're not DSMs. No. They all just have 4G63 engines. That's the common ground. They all yes. have the same yes. engine. That's the only thing that's the same. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough on those for tonight. Right. Let's move off of Mitsubishi so yeah. get people listening again. So we also asked about um, is VW Vortex the biggest car for him? Last week we were talking about Last that. Last week. Yep. Uh, and I think I remember like 10 years ago it was. So I tried to find out. And the best thing I could come up with is that in at least 2012, it was the biggest form. It still appears to be the biggest it's form. It's still very large. Yeah. It probably is. And then it made sense that if people stopped maybe keeping track of them in 2012, because that seems to be when, when the fall off Facebook groups yep. really started to take off. And then, of course, it went, went in pretty good order as far as size. When I looked it up, it was VW Vortex, Nico Club. That's a Nissan's Nissan. Infinity, yep. and then Bimmer Forms, and then Nasiok, and then Honda Tech. Which Nasiok is, is a Subarus. Subarus, yep. which makes those are all really big forms, so that makes yeah, sense. They're very big enthusiast cars. Yep, very big enthusiast cars. Um, 
Whereas, you know, there's more Toyotas in the road, but less people are, you know, enthusiasts of their Camrys. So there's not going to be a big Toyota yeah, for Yeah, there won't be a big form. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's our unanswered questions from last week. Uh, and then we had a couple corrections and omissions. Uh, we talked about a couple of Facebook car groups and, uh, Bradley Brownell from Camden tub points out, uh, because we talked about these, uh, yeah, we, we had kind of guessed at who started each group and we got it a little mixed up. So he corrected us. So Cameron Vanderhurst coined the term jail car. So if you listen to Camden tub and you go to some of their back episodes, you'll learn what jail car is. I'm not going to explain it. You should go find out what it is because it's really fun. Yep. And then Bradley started a Facebook group called Jail Cars Unlimited. And four pictures of. Four pictures jail of cars. jail cars, Craigslist posting. So you can just go on Facebook. You can request to join. I'm sure somebody will preview. It's a, it's a fun little group to kind of dick around in. And then he also, Bradley Brownell also created a group called Why You Ruin Classic. And why you ruin, as in the letter Y, yeah. and then R-U-N-E, and yeah. classic with a K. Yeah. And the, the niche there is ruined old cars, and then when you type about them, you have to do it in all capitals. Yeah. So and there's mis- a, misspellings, and it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's very fun. There's a little crossover between jail cars, but it, it's still fun. It's a fun uh, you know, shitposting kind of Facebook group. Right. And then he also started the Flying Car and Self-Preservation Society, which is a great one. To Old jumping rally cars and F1 cars. Yep. Or I don't know if he started, but he heads it. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And um, and then we have... The uh, Sundown Stripes group we talked about. I Heart Sundown Stripes. Yep. Which is, has an... it's It was hard to find at first because it has an actual heart emoticon. So it's I Heart Emoticon. Right, which I didn't know how to type on yeah, the phone. Yeah, exactly. Stripes. Because Sundown Stripes. And that is a creation of uh, Peter Zillix, who is a.k.a. Tanshinomi on like universe and stuff. And I guess basically the internet and he leads, if you're into motorcycles, uh, you should look up the false neutral podcast. And it's, oh, that's a very good, one. it's very good. Yeah, it's very, all about motorcycles. very informative too. I listen to it uh, occasionally cause I'm not as into motorcycles as you are, Brad. I, no, I, I haven't missed an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and, uh, an audible mention also goes to obscure cars or sale, which I don't think I belong to, but I, I think you, you probably are. should. Yeah. OCFS. Yeah. That's where I find all the cool stuff and Craigslist listings that I forward to you. Ah, so I don't so, need to. Well, yeah, I guess so. I have uh, the Brad. Uh, this is why I'm currently on an I need to buy an XR40i kick. You curated it me. Yeah, because they're all posted on there. They're, and they're super cheap right now. They're super cheap. I don't understand why. Because they're a cool car. They're a 2.3 Ford motor. The same as the S. Rear wheel drive. Rear wheel drive turbo. It came with an LSD, right? Some of them came with an LSD, not yeah. every one of them. Yeah, but it's, it's the same motor that's in the Mustang SVO. But it's an it's an independent rear suspension. It's, it's not a line independent rear, rear suspension, and it's just a cool looking oddball car with a weird number of windows and yeah, and stacked they, spoilers. Yeah, on exactly. Some of them. How can you go wrong with stacked spoilers? I, I don't understand why they're not more popular. Um, so it's not going to be long, probably before I own one. I would daily one. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a daily pretty soon, I think. But within the next year or so, I'm I'm really starting to. Starting to look. Mm. Uh, so project car updates. Uh, what do you got? Well, little update. Did, what did I talk about last week with the Starion? Had I driven yet? You or just started. You were gonna drive it around the block. Okay, it has driven around the driveway neighborhood, um, and it runs awesome. It drives awesome. It still stops. It still goes. It still does everything it's this supposed to do like a car. 
it still has some holes in the floor. Uh, they're not as bad as I remembered them being, which yeah. is good because I expected to pull it out because it's been sitting for three years. Mm-hmm. I expected that because it wasn't really stored properly, I was going to pull it out and it was going to be a disaster. Uh, but it wasn't. Uh, the patch panels that I've already replaced are still serviceable. I just need to scuff them down and reprime them and, and coat them again. Um, once I evicted all the little the mice from their homes, mm. they made it in the car, which is unfortunate. Um, but again, the car had no taillights in it, so the taillight pockets were open. Oh, and it had the floor had giant holes cut oh, right, cut the rust out. So obviously, mice are going to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they created a little, their own little world inside the car. They mm-hmm. slowly dug through. Once they got through it, it wasn't bad. So it's not going to be long. Well, that's back on the road either because mechanically, it doesn't need anything. Yeah, it just needs a lot of welding. A lot of welding because it looks like Swiss cheese. It does look like Swiss cheese. It's, that... it's, and it's going to be ugly. It, yeah. not, I'm not going to make it pretty. Um, we're just going to weld it up, fix it up, uh, put some crappy paint on it of whatever color just we have to, lying just around. Seal it. Just to seal the, oh, the white new sheet metal cheap. Um, and then probably just to make it look better. I know, Andrew, we talked about just doing like a nice even white coat of like Placid Dip or something over it. Something really cheap to make it look halfway can, one color. You can buy that Dupacolor cans of paint at like an auto store. That's They're pretty cheap. The... Plastic dip style? No, no, no. They're like oh, aerosol. Color, no, they're like Dupacolor paint shop. I I did my wheels, my OZ wheels in them. Yep. And they're the little like, quartz you had. Yeah, and they're yeah. pre-mixed, ready to go on an air gun. So, and they come. They had primer. You could just prime it. Yeah. So I plan on doing is priming it and painting it with a with a base coat because primer isn't weather weather sealed. Yeah. So you could do the primer and then just buy their white. I think they have plain white paint. Yeah. Even maybe it's white paint. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna look like? And if it doesn't look good, then we'll do something else over it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I want to keep it cheap, basically, is the, is the plan. Because I don't want to make it fancy. We're just going to enjoy it. It's going to be an event car, a daily-driven mm-hmm. event car. You know, TSD rallies, road rallies, autocross. Maybe a rally cross, depending on how nice it comes out. And then you're still looking for a head for the Raider. Looking is not really the word. No. I haven't really started looking. I found a couple, but I want to pull it apart still before I... Oh, that's right. I, I don't want to buy a head until I pull the head off and make sure it doesn't need a whole oh, motor. that's right. We should so. pull that in and... And go through it. It's just the end of, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, I spent last week, I did who shackles on the rear suspension of the uh, family community plow truck. Uh, my father and your father, who live across the street from one another, use it together. They love to their, plow their yards. They love to plow in their S10s. I don't know why. Well, that was, that was not a... <laughs> they love to plow the yard in their S10s. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um... <laughs> But anyway, because they're plow trucks, plow, they, plow get, snow. They, they get driven. Not <laughs> We're going to have to edit that out, Andrew, I think. I leave that. Um, at least this breakdown of laughter afterwards. <laughs> um, because they like to use the trucks strictly for the wintertime, they get very rusty. <laughs> they buy them pre-rusted. Yeah, they buy them pre-rusted, <laughs> and they get more and more rusty. So <laughs> the things are always breaking, unfortunately. <laughs> so what happened recently... Fucking um, 90s GM. Yeah, well, we have... Uh, all new brake lines in the rear. And then we you just... You fucking brakes. You're just plowing into a snowbank. I, I, hey. <laughs> I make fun I of... I guess his... backing up, you want to brake. Yeah, I, I make fun of his truck all the time. And then every time I borrow it, I borrow it, he reminds me that I make fun of it. So I shouldn't make fun of the truck because it does work and do what it's supposed to do usually. But it did need new suspension shackles because they were all destroyed and broken. So that's uh, that, that, that was the extent of my car projects this week. I fixed the suspension in the truck. So I uh, I went up to uh, and helped our buddy Jordan out with his uh, 05 STI uh, that he's turning into a SCCA rallycross car. 
that he seems to be able to do like one event and then something like breaks. Well, it's 11 years old now. It is an 11 year old car with 150k in it that he's probably put 140 on it. Yeah, he something. bought it almost new, I think. So it it basically we're just doing maintenance stuff to it. It's it's not really a big deal, but we had the the factory power steering lines had either they rotted out or whatever they cracked and they were leaking. So he found a, a thread, a forum thread, and how to replace the power steering lines with stainless, braided stainless ones, and with a listing of all the parts. And then just happened to end up with the wrong adapters to go from the braided stainless to the factory yeah, rack. The AN fittings. Yeah, the wrong AN adapters to go from the metric fittings to the you know braided line, which apparently is a it's this like Saginaw style, so it's for an O ring. Mm-hmm. And we didn't use the wrong ones. We used ones that looked like they were for a flare. So it didn't leak at first, and then it started leaking and pissed all the power steering fluid. Yeah, out. once the pressure built up, it was yeah. kind of a mess. So, but it was and on an STI, it is a fucking pain in the ass to do this because you. When we first did it, we actually dropped the rack down, and then the second time we did it, we had to do CV boots, and the CV boot and axle on the passenger side sort of occupies the same space of where they come through the subframe. So it, when we did it, we did it with the axle out and it seemed to work easier. But then then this last time, I guess we we're just getting so good with it. We just left everything in place. Basically didn't pull the axle this time. Didn't pull the axle. Didn't lower the, well, it's funny. Cause I called you at like 11 o'clock. I was like, Hey, what's going on? And you're like, Hey, I'm just leaving. Yeah. Like, wow. No. That was quick. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, third time's a charm. I guess we're really good at it. Yeah. So if you need uh power steering lines done in your like GD body style WRX, uh, we can do it. And we promise it won't leak. Yeah. And then, but the, then of course, like he hates when I go under his car cause I always find shit. So we did. Right. The, well, cause you're always under his car like a week before the next rally cross event. Yeah, exactly. And you find something that will make it not possible to drive at the next rally cross event. Well, I just, I'm always about preventative maintenance or trying to find stuff before it breaks. No, it's, it's cheaper to fix it in the driveway than it is to have to tow it home. Yeah. So the, you know, we did the passenger side, both inner and outer CV boots, because the inner one was torn. So you get the whole axle out. You might as well do both. Put new OEM ones on. And then I'm looking at the other side. He noticed, a li- Jordan noticed a little bit of like axle grease, kind of like spurted out, but real small amount. I was like, that's weird. So I'm like spinning the boot. I'm spinning the axle around, got my flashlight on it, looking at it. And I could see these little tiny pinholes. Like dry rot or something, but maybe they must have dry rot or something. And mm-hmm. then apparently as it's spinning, it's just kind of forcing grease out. Like pressurizing. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just spurts out. So Centrifugal force. Throwing it's not like it. torn, like you totally drive the car. But we're just going to, we've got like five weeks to the next event. We're just going to replace the CV axle boots because it's an easy job to do in a, yep. in a morning. And why let it, you know, why let it go? Why let it get worse? Yeah. And then the other thing, you know, the car's got 150K in it. So the valve cover gaskets are leaking. Right. Like a lot of oil. And of course, because the way the heads are set up, you know, the horizontal. Yeah, so it must pull. A it boxer. Must, yeah. It must pull in the edges. And it pours down. And then it pours down. And, and it's it's actually pouring on part of the. The header, so you don't want that. Well, I'd like to remind Jordan, I'm sure he's listening, that next time I'm at his house, the oil spots in the driveway are his own. Maybe. Not from my car. Well, he's borrowing my truck, so there's probably oil spots. That's a valid point. Because <laughs> he, he got his his brand new truck undercoated, so right. it doesn't turn into a rusty mess. So he borrowed the uh, garbage Montero, and uh, I heard he enjoyed driving that around. Right. With the uh, non... Uh, telescoping steering wheel and yeah, he doesn't fit <laughs> no he doesn't fit apparently apparently only i fit or whatever uh he's just else? spoiled by driving up yeah exactly. 
15 Xterra. Which I got to drive over the weekend. And we'll get to that right now. So on, was it? Sunday. Sun it was Sunday. Yep. Yes. So Sunday, Jordan and I met up with a group called uh, New England Flatlanders. So they are an overlanding off-road group from uh, Connecticut. And that's why we call them New England Flatlanders, because that part of New England is kind of flat. It's not right. really mountainy. So that's There's the... not much overlanding to do with Connecticut, I didn't think. No, I didn't think so either. Um, but they are... Uh, a couple of the members are uh, Connecticut State uh, Troopers as their profession. So they kind of knew some places where it was legal to go off-roading and where to explore. And we met up in the um, in the I eighty four area near Stafford Springs. Yeah, this was a Toys for Tots run. So the, yeah, I'm getting there. So this was a we met up for a Toys for Tots run, and uh, Aaron, the one of the guys that runs the group, he is a state trooper, but he's on the other side of the state. So he called right. the local uh, state trooper barracks, and he and he contacted the uh, person who was in charge of their Toys for Tots drive this year, and that trooper met us. And we filled the entire back of his Crown Vic with toys, which Sweet. if you know how big the back of a Crown Vic a lot is, of toys. that is a lot of toys. So that was really cool. Uh, we had about, about uh, there was like 12 trucks, mostly Jeeps, uh, Xterra, a couple. And they limited it to 12, I think. Limited they? to 12. Because yeah, the, the land is kind of, it's, yeah, the, it's, it's special, special permission to use it, I think. Yes. And the trails were a bit delicate and because it was colder and then it got a little sloppier in the afternoon because the. You know, it melts and you get muddy, so we didn't want to tear it up. Because the other thing we were doing, uh, we were going to clean up the trail system, too. Because there's people that go out there that don't give a fuck. And they just throw, yeah, throw trash. trash and machetes, apparently. Yeah. So we we spent probably from like 10 till 2 o'clock. We were out running some trails and uh, picking up trash as we went along. And we filled three 30-gallon trash bags. All sorts of stuff. Beer cans. Common, of course. Yeah. I mean, cheap, cheap beer. Cheap beer. Yeah. Blown in the trash anyways. Yeah, teenagers in the woods partying beer. Yeah, exactly. There was like two unopened bottles of Twisted Tea, which blown in the trash anyways. Right. Well, that just means their party got broken up and they threw it as they ran. Yeah, exactly. So we ended up at this uh, spot where they have a lot of campfires and stuff. So we're up there cleaning up. And I, there's this old New England-style stone wall that kind of runs through the woods. And I... Just kind of went a pro over property divider in New, in New England. Divider, that's how yeah. they divided them, and less. Uh, so I always look at those, and I think of like the Shawshank Redemption. Like I'm going to go over, and I'm going to find like a little treasure or something, and the, the, oh, note, right. the note from Andy <laughs> Dufresne. So I was over there, I was looking at it, and I was like, hmm. And then I see this thing, and it was a just like a Harbor Freight machete, just sitting in there, all rusty. Yeah. So we picked that up, threw it away. We hope we, we hope there wasn't evidence in a murder sometime. So, that's what I said. I was like, oh, I got my fingerprints all over it now. Yep. But. uh yeah, that was real fun. Uh, we did like a nice little water crossing. I didn't make this trip, unfortunately, but I saw some pictures. I wouldn't call it a water crossing. That was like an ocean. That was pretty deep. My truck probably got water in it because the seals aren't that good. Um, I didn't bring my truck because I rode with Jordan because uh, we, you know, the, it was limited to the amount of trucks. And, and plus, sometimes it's fun to just ride with someone so you're not sitting alone all day. You can talk to someone. Even though we have CBs between all the trucks, it's just fun to ride with someone. Plus, I had my camera, so I actually did a lot of walking because everybody was going so slow. I walked up and down. As, taking pictures. Just taking pictures. Yep. So, which, uh, if you follow Auto Off Topic on Facebook, 
or on Instagram. You probably saw that I already posted some pictures. Yeah, there's a link to a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a link to a bunch of them. Fifteen of them or so. And uh, New England Flatlanders is on there too. You should follow them because uh, they're they're doing some nice stuff. And uh, oh, it's hard to find good off road groups around here. So yeah, exactly. yeah, they're in Connecticut. They're not right here in in you know Eastern Mass, but no, nope. you know anything within a couple hour drives is close. Nope. So and, and basically, like they were saying, it's uh, you know overlanding is kind of off roading with a purpose. Right. You're not just going out to just just go mud and tear shit up. You kind of go with like exploring, a, exploring, and, more exploring and enjoying the outside. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna have some other episodes where we we talk more about that. But yeah, as as newbies in the at the overlanding thing ourselves. Yeah. So and but if you need or you should go follow them on Instagram and uh, on Facebook because they were talking about they're they're probably gonna do like a. It might not be a trail run, but they'll probably do like a midwinter meetup or something. Right, which where... you just get to know the people and mm-hmm. maybe uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great people. Make good connections. And... It's it's very it's very family oriented too. Yeah. So it's also very jeep heavy, like any off road. It's, it's jeep heavy, but, but they're accepting of anybody. They'll take anyone. And and there's a couple guys with forerunners, and one guy with a forerunner had his wife and his two young kids, and they they had a blast. Yeah, everybody's their kids and their dogs, and they go places. Yeah, because enjoy it's, time it, out in the woods. Yeah, it's low speed. You're just just cruising along. It's great. Picnic lunch. <laughs> well, we actually went to. Uh, we waited till the end, and then we went over. There's some great New York style delis in that area. Oh, Connecticut area. Yeah, yeah. and sure. I had some. Uh, I, I've seen the billboard on it a million times because I drive that part of 84 pretty often. And uh, let's see, I had a pastrami Reuben on marble. It was amazing. It was awesome. What was the, what was the place? The billboard was from. It, it, I think it was Ryan's New York style deli. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. remember, I remember seeing those in yeah, 84 huge, out that way. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge billboard. Yep. I saw a new billboard sign for that uh it's that hotel with the a that we stayed at for the rally cross it was oh awful. i don't even want to talk about that it was awful <laughs> it was a horrible hotel <laughs> so yeah i told i told that story to jordan but yeah that's the other thing we'll be down there again hopefully in february they're doing the rally cross down there at Stafford springs so oh it's in february this year good yeah so we'll talk about that um what else uh speaking of toys for tots there's another one yep. coming up at the Cars and Coffee that we go to, uh, Southern New Hampshire. The oh, one, the one at, in Salem. Uh, yeah, the one in Salem, New Hampshire. Salem, yep. New Hampshire. Uh, the Clough Crossing. It's uh, December 11th. Wait, hold on. Yeah, December 11th, so that's this weekend. That's Sunday. Sunday. Oh, cool. So there will be a Toys and... A toys. Again, won't be around, but yeah. Well, there'll be a, a toy drive there at the Cars and mm-hmm. Coffee, so it'll probably be cold. It'll probably be gross. We're probably hanging out inside most of the time, but... It's definitely worth going. So check that out if you can on Facebook. It's Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Mm-hmm. That's the one at Clough Crossing in Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah, it's a great thing. You know, if you don't, if you're kind of you know light on cash or something, but you still want to donate, is just like those those five packs of like Hot Wheels cars. Yeah, five like, bucks. They're like four or five yeah. bucks. Yeah. What kid wouldn't want to get that? No, exactly. And it's car related. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. It's perfect. Uh, oh, so real quick. Grand Gear Top, uh, yeah, Grand Gear Top Tour. Right. Grand Tour. Yeah. Which was actually a Grand Tour this week. Why wasn't that the first episode? I don't know. That it should have been the first explained episode. Explained everything. Yeah. Explained the name and explained and everything. And it was like, was wow, on. this is what Top Gear used to be. Yep. This is what I want. This is the hits. Play it, the, had, it had the correct amount of making fun of fat Americans. Play the hits. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was very entertaining. I enjoyed it. I don't want to talk too much about it because every other podcast does, and yeah. people can just go see it. Don't want you know too many spoilers. But that's what but it was. It was fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was, it was, you know, three years ago. Top Gear. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. Um, scaled project cars. 
No big updates from you, I don't think. No, a little I, bit of I, week. I, I left it alone. I didn't touch it. Well, Andrew, since you guilted me <laughs> into uh, fixing a certain aspect of the kit. Yeah, so the Fujimi kit, the the seats were molded without backs. So right, kinda, it's like, like an open back. It looks like a hollow void, I guess you'd call it. It's just a cheap way to make kits. That's so like we, that. we had a discussion back and forth over you know Google Chat like, about hey. whether or not we were going to fill them in or not. So like, you need to fill that. And it looks Andrew's terrible. Like, yeah, you gotta, you got to take care of that. you got to take care of that. So I spent like probably close to two and a half, three hours last night trimming little pieces of plastic to fill in the back of these seats. And I sent Andrew a picture once I was done. And he goes, oh, you went, you went with it. I just put it in my car. So I was like, you son of a... So I spent all this time doing something you convinced me to do, and you didn't even well, do it. Well, I realized that I couldn't remember where my just styrene, my flat styrene stock was, and okay. I didn't want to go looking for it. And I was like, eh, I'll just put it in there. Well, now you take them out and do it. So Nope. nope. Already glued in. Not anyway. Out. So nonetheless, I, I finished the backs of the seats. I finished the chassis on mine. I'll have to put some pictures up. I have my pictures up of mine yet. Yeah, I got my chassis all done. Um, Interior's so glued I've, to I've it. I've pretty much caught up with you. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'm waiting on now is I had to order some of that. I think we talked about the black trim around the windows. Were you gonna? You were happy with the paint, though. You were, you didn't have to strip it. Nope, I fixed it. Oh, you fixed it. Yeah, okay. I was I was happy with the paint once I sanded it down and polished yeah. it. It was really orange peely, but it was just the nature of how it went down. It, yeah, I started to out. clean my airbrushes because they were kind of gummed up, and I just didn't. I I had to go buy some latex gloves. I didn't have any because I need to use the airbrush solvent and so yeah, it's the, like paint thinner. Yeah, so and the 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 alcohol only the ninety one percent alcohol only removes so much, but you got to use the uh, actual solvent stuff, right. which I don't want on my hands. So uh, clean that up because it was sticking. Uh, the you know the big needle inside was sticking before I do the uh, clear coat on the car. Uh, what else? Anything else? Um, as far as scale project cars go, no, that was pretty much it for that car. Uh, oh, what did you do to? Uh, didn't you play with some Hot Wheels? You didn't really play with them, but you you detailed up some. Yeah, just some, some hot, did a little took a little break from working on the the Fujimi kit, and you know, it's, Hot Wheels have a. If, if you collect Hot Wheels, and this is again being our nerdy car hobby. It's winter time. This is what's going to happen from now time Whatever. to time. Um, I collect diecast cars too, uh, and Hot we Wheels all. they they have a uh, you know a budget they have to stick to. So you'll see you buy a Hot Wheels car, and if it's got like designs on the sides of the Hot Wheels car, it won't have any designs on the front and the back. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they have either the front or the back or left and right on the basic 99-cent Hot Wheels cars. Hmm. So there's a lot of molded in detail in them that if you spend a little time with a you know a brush and toothpick and some fine-tipped things, you can bring out some of the detail and really kind of bring them to life, make them look a little bit more than a dollar die-cast car that they are. Because the details are there, they're just hidden under paint. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did a few of those just to kind of take my mind off of the big project of the the uh, Fujimi kit so yeah i've done like the i'm looking at it over in the shelf i've done the 510 wagon where i painted the grill black yeah, I made the grill black and, and then all. i did the i painted the the headlights silver because i don't know it makes them look more like headlights and then i did the right. inside the high beams like i did in yellow and i and i painted the oil cooler and gave it a little wash so it looks more like a actual oil just gives cooler. it depth yeah it gives it, it some it depth it look real yeah add like taillights and stuff yeah, I did the same thing with the the Celica. Mm-hmm. I have a yellow version of the is it the TA TA twenty two TA twenty two Celica yeah. first first body style and and I painted because it it comes with like a chrome lip spoiler the the chin spoiler yep so I just kind of painted it semi gloss black so it looks a little more racy yep so it would be a chrome spoiler mm-hmm. on the car mm-hmm. but yeah it's kind of the same stuff I did just I did a Porsche and a 
Not anywhere else. Well, you did the fancy Porsches, the the Track Day Bro Porsches. No. Oh, you didn't? No, it was not that. Oh, it was just the regular. No, regular, the regular ninety nine cent. But that was the Magnus one, right? They just came out with a Magnus Walker. Oh. Um, Hot Wheels. That's a nine thirty four. Yeah, nine thirty four. Is that like the car he actually has? Is he a nine nine thirty fours? I have no idea. I, I didn't I follow it. I, I, I know he's got a 930, and he's got a bunch of earlier 911s. Yeah. And he has a 964 now. I thought that was the weird thing. Like, the Hot Wheels car didn't match up with the... No, because he did the 356 yeah. um, Magnus Walker Urban Outlaw yeah, College. He doesn't have any of those either, but whatever. It's branding. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. So I don't, I don't think I have anything else this week, sir. Nope. So we, slow car week. Yeah, a little slow in the car week. So we weren't going to do... Any listener questions this week? I think we'll we'll try to do it maybe every, every, yeah, every other, other week, week. Yep. just so it doesn't get too too repetitive. Um, I don't know anything else. No, just plug the social media and head off. Yeah, it will be a little late this week, but uh, that's all right. Not real late, been forty forty yeah, five right, minutes. Forty or so. minutes. So, uh, you can follow Auto Off Topic at uh, on on Facebook and Auto Off Topic on Instagram. And you can follow my personal Instagram, which is Raced in Anger. Uh, you can also, if you have any questions, comments, uh, corrections, you can email us at autooftopic at gmail.com. Corrections especially because we love to learn. Yep. Yep. I love, uh, I love giving facts and I don't mind explaining things. Uh, and what else? Oh, the um, – shoot. I lost my thought. Nope, that's not good on the air. Nope, it's not. Dead air. Dead air. Uh, so you can find my stuff at uh, Vintage Imports NE on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Vintage Imports of New England on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, and you can email me at the Auto Off Topic email, or you can email me at brad at vintageimportsne.com with any questions or things, or if you want to have any questions about Vintage Imports. Mm-hmm. Oh, and always, uh, that's what I was going to say, is rate, review, and share the podcast, please. Yeah, please share it. We'd appreciate that. Yeah, more listeners, the better. And uh, we're working some things out right now, I think, to get some guests together for first of the year, I think. If not first of the year, definitely the beginning part of the year. Yeah. Uh, I've got to do some equipment upgrades. Uh, add a Use those sweet Christmas Amazon gift cards. Yeah, add some stuff so we can have more than two mics. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, discovered that the way the the recorder works, it can work as a USB interface for mics. So right through the computer. So we can do stuff to the yeah. computer, and um, so we hope to get some guests and maybe some other podcast people. We'll, we're working on that stuff. So, uh, as always, thanks for listening, and uh, keep your cars analog. Good night. Good night. <laughs>